Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I, <laughs> wow, I jumped the gun. I'm Jason Lipschutz, Billboard Senior Director of Music, who won't let Keith finish. You know, what's funny is that Jason and I are actually doing this over video for the first time. <laughs> so we're going to make sure that we totally screw it up from the jump just to be sure we really get into the groove. I love it. Um, Well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Now, now Keith, we've got a special edition of the Pop Shop this week. We do? Uh, We sure do. We will be taking a look back at the top song of the summer over the past decade and uh making some predictions on what could end up as the song of the summer for 2020 um very excited love song of the summer uh chart and chatter uh before we get started of course if you enjoy the podcast subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you never ever ever miss an episode and if you want to explore more podcasts from billboard visit billboard.com slash podcasts that is plural so, Keith. Yes. The 4th of July holiday is like right around the corner here in the U.S. And uh, many people getting ready for some socially distanced gatherings and picnics and barbecues and hoedowns and all that fun Shindigs stuff. Shindigs um, and shenanigans. Yeah. Uh, all responsibly quarantined, of course. Uh, we thought it would be good to, to kind of devote this episode uh, instead of the weekly charts to a topic near and dear to my heart, Song of the Summer. Uh, um, yeah, it is near and dear to your heart. <laughs> I love talking about Song of the Summer. I've written a lot about it over the years. Um, first, we're going to talk about uh, your world, how Billboard ranks the top songs of the summer uh, in terms of our charts department. And then we'll dive into the rundown of the number one song of the summer for each year from 2009 through 2019. And then we'll discuss some predictions for what could be the top song of this summer of 2020. Uh, Jason loves talking about songs of the summer, but somehow uh, I've yet to convince him to join the movement for other seasonal lists and rankings, such as the top winter jams or the most awesome autumnal ditties. I just can't. Yeah, I think, why is it, Jason? You don't like anything but songs of the summer. Why? I do like Song of the Fall. Uh, that's my number two, just because I, I kind of like, you know, last year you had a song like The Weeknd's Heartless come out of November, mm. and it's just like a good fall song. Like, it's a, it's a little chilly, 
Uh, it's a little bit more introverted. Um, but the thing about the Song of the Summer is that it's it's iconic. Everybody knows what we mean when we talk about Song of the Summer, um, a, a song that you associate with a specific time in your life, a song that is ripe for partying and gatherings, uh, you know, of course, during summers where such things are allowed um, <laughs> and, you know. But anyway, I love it. Let's get into it. Let's talk songs of the summer. Um, first, some finer points on how Billboard actually compiles its annual Song of the Summer chart. Uh, the chart, which you can actually find on Billboard.com right now, is a running tally that tracks the most popular songs based on cumulative performance on the weekly Billboard Hot 100 chart. And that's from Memorial Day through Labor Day here in the United States. And this year, those charts encompass the charts dated June 6th through September 5th. And at the end of the season, the top song of the summer basically is the top song in terms of overall performance on the weekly Hot 100 during that span of time. And uh, we'll reveal that uh, shortly after Labor Day. Uh, right now, DaBaby's Rockstar featuring Roddy Rich is number one on the 2020 Song of the Summer chart. While in the mix in the top 10 are songs like Megan Thee Stallion's Savage featuring Beyonce and The Weeknd's Blinding Lights. Yeah, so it's we'll get to this year and and how this is a more competitive year than than some years past, including last year. Um, but now that we know how we would determine the song of the summer uh, for the year, let's go back in time, Keith, uh, and revisit what the number one song of the summer was for each year from 2009 through 2019. Uh, first, I want to point out that we actually have a song of the summer determined. For every year, the Hot 100 has existed all the way back uh, to 1958. So if you want to check out every number one uh, for each summer, every song of the summer back from 1958 to 2019, you can do that on Billboard.com. Um, just do a Google search for summer songs 1958-2019. It'll pop right up. You'll be good to go. I've tested it. It actually works. That's, uh, yeah. yeah it, you know, it's, <laughs> well, I mean, it's better than saying go to billboard.com slash chart dash beat slash 115 dash two three. You know, it's easier. It's easier yeah. to do it this way. Um, well, first yeah. up, we've got uh, 2009's Song of the Summer. It's the Black Eyed Peas. I got a feeling. Let's take a listen to a little bit of it now. I got feeling that tonight's gonna be a good night. That tonight's gonna be. Alright, the summer of 2009 belonged to the Peas. They actually had the numbers one and two biggest songs of the summer that year, as Boom Boom Pow was number two. The two tracks were so huge in 2009 that I Got a Feeling spent 14 weeks at number one on the Hot 100 and actually replaced Boom Boom Pow at number one, which itself had spent 12 straight weeks atop the list. So from the April 18th, 2019 chart through October 10th, 2019 Hot 100 chart, the P's were number one every single week with either Boom Boom Pow or I Got a Feeling, which is pretty insane. Yeah, it's, it's totally insane. And now, recently, Black Eyed Peas came back with their first top 40 hit in many years with uh, Ritmo, their uh, J Balvin collaboration. Bad Boys for Life, yeah. Bad Boys for Life. What you gonna um, do? No? All right, never mind. Um, moving on to 2010. This is what happens when we have video. We can see each other. It's I know, this is lovely. This is possibly bad. I don't know. Keep going. So we didn't we didn't mention uh, the song of the summer for 2008. Um which was Katy Perry, I Kissed a Girl. Um, and then two years later, she comes back with her sophomore album, 
and uh, that year's Song of the Summer, which was the lead single to that sophomore album, California Girls featuring Snoop Dogg. Let's take a listen. So California Girls was the first of five Hot 100 number ones from Katy Perry's Teenage Dream album. Um, Keith, can you name all five off the top of your head? Yes, and this isn't in the script either. Uh, California Girls, Teenage Dream, uh, TGIF, The Last Friday Night. Uh, That was the last one, yeah. uh, Ooh. Um, Firework. Yep. The one that got away wasn't. Oh, wait. I'm, what was the other one? What's the other one? E.T. Oh, was, of course, with Kanye West. Of course, of course, of course. Those five number ones from that album tied a record for the most number ones from an album with Michael Jackson, who also notched five number ones uh, from his 1987 album, Bad. Um, in 2011, uh, everybody was shuffling? As LMFAO's, Jason's nodding his head, no, he wasn't. As LMFAO's Party Rock Anthem featuring Lauren Bennett and Goon Rock was crowned the number one song of the summer. And here's a bit of the Party Rockin'. Let's go. Party Rock is in the house tonight. Everybody just have a good time. Yeah. And we All right, LMFAO were truly kings of the over-the-top party songs in the early 2010s with tracks like Shots, 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 featuring Lil Jon and Sexy and I Know It. Uh, the duo, uh, comprising Red Foo and Sky Blue, were everywhere in 2011 and early 2012, even turning up at the 2012 Super Bowl halftime show as special guests of headliner Madonna, because you know I had to throw Madonna in. Yeah, didn't see that coming. Nope, shut up. All right, fun fact, Red Foo and Sky Blue come from an incredible musical family, as they are the son and grandson of Motown Records founder Barry Gordy. What a simpler time when <laughs> LMFAO party rock anthem was everywhere. And uh, anyway, uh, you may think this is crazy, Keith. Oh, really? We did. Not, I did not just meet you. Okay. Um, you sometimes call me. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I'm of course referring clumsily to the Carly Rae Jepsen number one song. Of the summer in 2012, Call Me Maybe. Here's a sample of that one. Hey, I just met you. And this is crazy. But here's my number. So call me maybe. It's hard to look right. One of my personal... Uh, Keith wrote this out for me. One of my personal favorite songs ever. Isn't it? Uh, Isn't it? I guess so. It, I honestly... I. I love Call Me Maybe. Uh, it played at our wedding reception. Um, it's I, I wrote the Billboard cover story on Carly Rae Jepsen that year, so it definitely has a special place in my heart. It really was the earworm song of the summer in 2012. Uh, it was the, the first Hot 100 song for, for Carly Rae and spent a total of nine weeks at number one on the Hot 100. Um, it also garnered uh, a pair of Grammy Award nominations, including Song of the Year. And and what, I, I just wrote about this song, how strange that the first half of 2012 was, because you had these these out-of-nowhere number one hits where you had um, Fun with We Are Young hit number one, and right. then you had Gautier and Kimbra, somebody that I used to know, and then Call Me Maybe by Carly Rae Jepsen, just uh, this string of, of really out-of-nowhere hits, and Call Me Maybe was the biggest one of them. Yeah. Um, 
Well, and then we come to 2013, uh, where the song of the summer that year hasn't probably aged as well as Call Me Maybe, uh, as Robin Thicke's controversial Blurred Lines featuring T.I. and Pharrell was 2013's song of the summer. Let's take a listen. Jason, do you think this song, as is, uh, would be released in 2020 with the same title, the same lyrics, talking about I know you want it, and the same video with topless female models? Would that still, would, would anyone have released that today? So the the short answer is no. Yeah. Um, I, I just think that given the people involved, Robin Thicke, Pharrell Williams, and TI, I just think that there would have been some notes given in, in the production process where, you know, I think they knew that this song was going to be a, a pretty big deal and it ruled the summer of 2013. But looking back, definitely some some problematic areas in terms of both the video and the lyricism. I think that never, two, never mind, things, never mind the fact that they were sued by the Marvin Gaye estate yeah. for basically ripping off um, Got to Give It Up. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a a totally separate thing, a separate problem area for them. But I think that one of two things would have happened. I think that they would have changed this song uh, if it was made in 2020 and it would have been a big hit if they had changed it the right way. Or if they had not changed the song, it just wouldn't have been that big of a hit. Yeah, would have been not um, embraced at pop radio as it had. Anyway, moving on to 2014, uh, Fancy by Iggy Azalea and, of course, friend of the pod, Charlie XCX, ruled that summer. Let's take a listen. So, Fancy launched the Australian rapper onto the Hot 100 in 2014. It spent seven weeks at number one. She followed it up with, with two more top tens, actually, um, as the featured guest on Ariana Grande's number two hit, Problem, uh, which was kind of concurrent with the, the yeah. rise of Fancy. And then uh, Iggy Azalea's own uh, hit, Black Widow, which hit number three and featured a little artist named Rita Ora. Isn't Rita Ora one of your faves, Chase? She is a Jason fave. Yeah. Also, wasn't Black Widow... Katy Perry co-wrote that. Like, wasn't something was like something like Katy Perry wrote that. Was that something that she was working on for Teenage Dream, and then it eventually just sort of got put on the shelf, and then eventually it got to Iggy Azalea? Is that how it worked? Do you remember? I don't remember. It, I mean, it, it might have been she working on on Prism uh, because oh. that was 2013. I actually don't remember where that came from, but you're right that she did co-wrote. Sorry to put you on the spot. To me, when I hear Black Widow, it reminds me of uh, E.T. to a certain extent. Like they're some Certainly, sonically yeah. the same sort of world. Um, well, anyway. Next, we have a true one-hit wonder, as Omi's Cheerleader was the song of the summer for 2015. Let's take a listen. Oh, I think that I found myself a cheerleader. She is always right there when I need her. Oh, I think that I Okay, so Cheerleader was number one for six weeks on the Hot 100 in 2015 uh, for the Jamaican singer Omi. The song gained widespread popularity thanks to its, is it Felix Jean? Is that how we say yep. his name? Felix Jean. Felix Jean remix, which had sort of a tropical house vibe, complete with trumpets, bongo drums, you know, sort of the whole trop house bucket full of stuff. You know, and uh, of all the songs of the summer, I think Cheerleader in many ways kind of defines the sound 
of what summer sounds like. It's a vibey, Hell yeah. tropical track that just literally sounds like if you distilled summer into a song, into a piece of audio, that's kind of what summer sounds like to a lot of people. Notably, um, Cheerleader is Omi's one and only Hot 100 hit. And more rare, it's an example of an artist that places just one song on the chart, and that one song just happens to also be a number one hit. Other artists like this include Bauer with Harlem Shake, Magic with Rude, and Daniel Powder with Bad Day. The, the one that, of that list that surprises me, first of all, Justice for Omi, I love his follow-up song Hula Hoop. Uh, justice for for that song uh i'm surprised that magic never had another song on the hot 100 just because i remember you know on rca records them pushing they had other singles that band yeah yeah they had i know but i'm just surprised that none of them hit the hot 100 that's i was surprised too. i I did not know that when i when i was when i was searching through and i was trying to find other examples i'm like oh i know harlem shake is definitely one i'm like daniel powder definitely one I'm like, oh, no, wait, let me try Magic, even though I know they had another hit. And I'm like, oh, shit, no, they didn't. All right, never mind. So They sure did yeah. not. Anyway, moving on. The summer of 2016 was uh, all about Drake, one dance featuring Wizkid and Kyla. Let's take a listen. I need a one dance. Got a Hennessy in my hand. One more time before I go. High up, I was taking hold on So, remarkably, Drake... Uh, Drake scored his first number one on the Hot 100 as a lead artist with One Dance. It was his third number one overall, um, but his two previous leaders came as uh, a featured guest on Rihanna's What's My Name, and then work uh, right before One Dance, a couple months before One Dance uh, hit number one on the Hot 100. I remember Hotline Bling became ve- got very close number to two. number two, Ugh. and then I think it got blocked by Hello by Adele, and... Um, you know, and then he a couple months later, you know, here comes One Dance, which spent 10 weeks at number one in the Hot 100 and all without the help. I still can't believe this of an official music video. That's that's still remarkable. Yeah, it's weird. Like, it's it's so weird. Like, and now it's not incredibly unusual to have a song hit number one without a video like uh, rocks like to baby's rock star just got an official music video. Finally, yeah. even though it's already been number one for multiple weeks. So I think just the way streaming works nowadays, like you can have a song hit number one with just from audio streams or maybe an unconventional video that isn't a true quote unquote official music video. And then you could always delay it by weeks. Like Roddy Rich's The Box was like number one for ever. And then they finally dropped an official video at the tail end of its run at number one, which to me doesn't make any sense, but you know, I don't work in promo at a label. So what the hell do I know? Um, All right. In 2017, one of the biggest songs of all time also, happened to be the song of the summer as Luis Fonsi and Daddy Yankee's Despacito featuring Justin Bieber was tops that year. Let's take a listen. All right, Despacito started off as a uh, Luis Fonsi and Daddy Yankee collaboration just together on their own and was already a huge hit on Latin radio, but once Justin Bieber got on board for a remix, the song blew up on Top 40 Radio and other formats and became a multi-format global smash. The song would ultimately spend 16 long weeks at number one on the Hot 100. Then the next year, um, you know, Drake's number one on Song of the Summer chart with One Dance of 2016. Two years later, he's tops again. This time with In My Feelings. Let's take a listen. Kiki, do you love me? 
Are you riding? Say you never ever leave. So just like One Dance, In My Feelings spent 10 weeks at number one on the Hot 100. Um, unlike One Dance, it, it sparked a viral dance challenge that saw everyone from Dua Lipa to Will Smith to J-Hope of BTS and uh, to Sierra trying their hand at the challenge. And all of them turn up in the in my feelings video too. What's what's really interesting about this, and I, I you know, when we get into the 2020, what's going to be song of the summer debate um, in a in a second, Keith. In my feelings wasn't released until late June. It was part of um, Drake's Scorpion album that year, yeah, and which which came out in the last week of June, and wasn't even really tapped as a single, but just immediately blew up, and then was very quickly made a single. Um, and then just ruled July and August um, on the Hot 100. So who knows? You know, may- maybe we haven't even heard the song of the summer yet. Shh. You never know. That's part of your predictions later. Hold on. Um, <laughs> lastly, we come to 2019, and you can probably already guess what the top song of the summer was, as it's also the song with the most weeks ever at number one on the Hot 100. That's right. It's Lil Nas X's Old Town Road featuring Billy Ray Cyrus. And here's a bit of it for the two of you, probably, that haven't heard it before. All right, Old Town Road spent a record-breaking 19 weeks at number one on the Hot 100, surpassing the old record of 16 weeks tied between Mariah Carey and Boys to Men's One Sweet Day and Despacito, which we just talked about a second ago. Uh, so... Now that we run down all of the songs of the summer between t- 2009 and 2019, Jason, what will be the song of the summer for 2020? Uh, well, right now, per the Billboard Song of the Summer chart, "The Baby's Rockstar" featuring Roddy Rich is in the lead, but the summer is still young. Uh, so, w- what do you think? Could it be something that's currently out and on the charts? Or might there be something waiting in the wings? Perhaps Drake's new studio album, which is due soon, could launch yet another song of the summer. What do you think? Yeah, it is an even-numbered year, which means that Drake <laughs> is due to Drake have or the Katy number Perry. one song of the summer, right? Yeah, yeah. basically, yeah. Or Omi um, was Omi in that? No, maybe not. All right, keep on going. Aww. Sorry, justice for Omi. Yeah, I I think that I would definitely would not count out Drake and and something that we haven't heard yet. I'm also you know, if if Rihanna puts out a, a new single tomorrow, Adele, Adele, um, you know, you never know. I I do think as of now, let's let's handicap the pool a little bit and say songs that are currently out. What I would pick, I would pick Rockstar because, and you know what, maybe that's the safe choice. But I didn't think the box was gonna lead the Hot 100 yeah. for you know 10 plus weeks, and 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 then it does so. Shame me once for underestimating Roddy Rich, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that this song has been a quiet force of momentum and received a, a Black Lives Matter remix a couple weeks ago. And it's a great song. It has a has a really big hook. And I, I don't know. I, I have a good feeling about Rockstar. Maybe if, if something doesn't really upend it that we don't see coming... I think it's just going to hang around, maybe not stay at number one the whole summer, but just hang around the top five for long enough, spend enough weeks at number one that it's going to get there. What what do you think, though? Just a numbers game at this point. Like, it's already been number one enough, and it's already had a head start on anyone else that's going to show up. Like, unless, I don't know, I mean, like, 
Rain On Me could stage a return and go back up the chart if we mm. want to think of something in the pop world. Um, it's always, it's usually a safe bet with to go with something that's already like number one on the Song of the Summer chart. But we still have like more than half of the summer left. So anything is possible. Does Rockstar itself, Jason, sound like a summery song? Like it's it, to me, it doesn't read like cheerleader. But you know, not. I don't think a lot of rap songs have the trap house vibe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that increasingly we see these straightforward rap songs be able to sustain these number one runs. And like I said, with the box, um, that doesn't necessarily sound like a huge number one hit on the first listen, but then it kind of grows on you and it just quietly just gobbles up all of these streams. I think it's a great song and and deserving of that number yeah. one run. But yeah, I mean, I think Rockstar kind of functions the same way. The, the, the other thing is to keep in mind is also that this is not an ordinary summer where I think that there are different, you know, mechanisms in which other songs could have vaulted into that number one spot. You know, it say... Megan Thee Stallion and Beyonce deliver a show-stopping performance of the Savage remix on an award show. Right. And that helps kind of spring it into the number one spot for, for a couple more weeks than the one it spent. Or, you know, say Lady Gaga's on tour and playing Rain On Me to stadiums, and and that helps. You, you Is know, this like an alternate universe? Because I don't think any of these actual live performances will ever happen for a while. Is that well, what that's you're what I, like I guess. Alternate universe song of the summer. Yeah, alternate universe. Maybe one of these songs or multiple multiple songs ha- gains more momentum over the course of the summer right. than um, Rockstar. But I think as it stands now, with with what we know, and I, I think it's the safest bet. Could always be a BTS song that drops out of the sky. Or hey, Blackpink just released a really great song. So what, you never ha- know. Have Blackpink and BTS ever done a song together? Can you no. imagine? I think like fandoms would implode if that happened. Break the internet. Break Let's the do internet. It. Um, all right. So we have reached the end of our big special song of the summer retrospective and also futurespective show. Um, any parting words, J Dog? Say it for one more time, a third time. Justice for Omi. Justice for Omi. Should we go out on Hula Hoop, his follow-up single? Yes. Yes. Please, God, yes. Um, All right. So here's Hula Hoop, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. See ya. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.